0: Hebrews chapter 4, I want to read verse 1 only. And verse one starts with two words. Let us therefore fear. Let a promise be met us of entering into his rest. Any of you should seem to come short of it. Psalm 80 verse 17. There is a new benediction that we're going to be using from this psalm, the grace of God throughout this year, at the end of our worship services. This is going to be a new benediction, I will tell you how it goes. But let me first of all read that scripture. Psalm may I'm reading from verse 14 to 17. The word of God says, Oh, satisfy us any with thy mercy. That we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days where thou hast afflicted us. And the year wherein we have seen evil. Let thy work appear unto thy servants. And thy glory unto thy children. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea. The work of our hands establish thou it. So the benediction will be this. That is after the service when we're about to close. The benediction will go as follows. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. Now let me, let me say the way it's going to be. It's going to be four lines. It's going to be four lines. This is the way it's going to be. And let the duty of the Lord my God be upon me. And then you point at somebody and say, let the beauty of the Lord your God be upon you. And then the third line says, and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And the last line will be, from now and forevermore in this name. Amen. Is it clear? So let's go through it now. We'll go through it. You start with yourself. You give it to someone. And then give it to all of us. It's a confession of our faith. It's a holy proclamation of what we have embraced. It is a indication of our expectation. It is a clear-cut declaration of God's proclamation upon our lives. So we are going to say those four lines. Amen? Now, one, two, go. I let the beauty of the Lord my God be upon me. And let the beauty of the Lord thy God be upon you. And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us from now and forevermore. Amen. One more time. And let the beauty of the Lord, my God, be upon me. And let the beauty of God your God be upon you. And let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us from now and forevermore. Amen. By the grace of God this morning, I'm sharing a message titled, Partaking of the Divine Nature. Partaking of the Divine Nature. Shall we pray? Father God, we thank you for your word as we approach it. I ask you to anoint me, speak what you have revealed to me in a way that people can receive and digest it, implement it in their lives. I ask you, anointing and every one of the people, the sound of my voice, to receive the word as the word that is sent to them personally and specifically. And let it be at the end of the day that your word will do exactly what you have intended to do for sending it. And we give you all the glory and all the praise for it. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Partaking of the divine nature. One risk that we all face, whenever we go to God or approach God to benefit from one promise or other that he has made to us, one risk that we all face is the risk coming short. In other words, whenever we approach God to receive from God any blessing that he has promised, one risk that we face, one thing that may probably happen, is that we may likely come short. According to the word of God, every promise of God is potentially legally yours. Every promise of God is potentially legally yours. Second Corinthians one twenty says, All the promise of God in Christ And in him, yea, and in amen to the glory of God by us. Every promise that God has made. Is potentially and legally yours. But as we approach it to claim the benefit of one promise or the other, experientially, actually, and personally, one thing that may happen is that we may come short. In the already read in Hebrews chapter one, it said, Let us fear, lest a promise. Left for us of everything to his rest, any of us should seem to come short of it. What that simply mean is this. When God gives us promise and we approach him for it, but the thing that may happen is that we may come short. What does it mean to come short? Come short means to miss out on getting something as expected. One of the things that may happen when you want to claim a promise from God is that you may miss out as expected. You may miss out something that you expect to get. The other meaning of the word comes up is to fail to obtain something as one should. One of the things that may happen when you go to God to try to receive something from Him that He has is that you may fail to obtain that thing as you should. Another definition of the word comes short. It means to miss out at securing something. You may miss your chance, You may miss out. When God makes a promise to us. And you and I approach him. Based on the promise he has made to us. That is already potentially and legally ours. When we approach him. One of the things that may happen. Is that we may miss out. The word. Come shot also means to fail to reach something. To fail to reach something is like just striving to reach something. God says it's yours. One of the things that may have happened or is happening and may happen is you may fail to reach something. When well, we say someone has come short, that doesn't that he has received nothing. Attacks. We receive something, but usually what we receive is less than what we have. When you receive something less than what you have, you have come short. If you didn't get anything, you got something, but it's just less than what you should have. When we come short, it does not mean attached that we receive nothing. But it may be that you are now receive something different from what we desire. If you desire a Mercedes-Benz car and you end up with a Peugeot, you have come short. You receive something. But the thing that you received was not what you desired. It's different from what you desired Several years ago, I knelt down in my room and I prayed in 1984 that God should give me a Mercedes Benz 200 car. Along the line, people wanted me to settle for a Polo. They wanted me to for a Pojo 2.0. They kept telling me the same. Pojo is 2.0, Mercedes is 200. They have the same engine capacity. But I refused to. I refused to settle for something different from what I desired. Psalm 145, verse 16 says God opened his hand to fill the desires of the living. Proverbs 1024 tells me that the desires of the righteous be granted. So one of the risks that you and I face, when we approach God based on something He has promised, one of the dangers you face is that we may come short. Many people here today have been coming short. What you have received is less than what you should have. What you have settled for is different from what you desire. Come short does not mean that. You did not receive anything. It also means you get something later than God's appointed time. You get something later than God's appointed time. When something comes to you later than the appointed time of God, now you have come short. Why? Because you have spent most of your life waiting for something you have gotten earlier on. The children of Israel were supposed to live. And go on to Israel, the land of promise. The entire journey was supposed to take them to days. But it lasted 14 years. They received it later than the appointed time. The appointed time of was 21 days. They spent 14 years of, the, of 21 days. Nobody would want to do that. But many people are coming short. I will share with you some of the reasons why people are short. But the point is this. One of the dangers we history. As we the year, as we the month, as we begin the week, as we spend all our lives, the danger of coming short, coming short, missing out, of not reaching or failing to reach what we actually want from God that he has promised. When we say somebody failed or come short, it doesn't mean that he has received nothing. It may also mean getting something different from what God from the beginning intended for you to have. People don't know that from the beginning there are certain things God wants you to have. There are certain things God wants you to have. Not just what you desire, but certain things that He wants you to have. Psalm 47 verse 4. He will choose our inheritance for us, the excellence of Jacob, whom He loved. In thought, verse he said, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prosperous, God says, I intend that you be rich, I intend that you be wealthy, I intend that you have life and have it more abundantly. If you now keep set for something different from what God intends for you to have, you are coming short. Oh, so that sin has come short. The scripture says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and it's a binding. But it's not enough who comes short. Christians also come short according to the scripture we read this morning. And I'm seeing in this church who year in, year out have been coming short. I've had friends who year in, year out have been coming short. What that simply means that there is something. But what they receive, by all definition, is less or different from what God originally intended them to receive from the beginning. Ladies and gentlemen... Who is responsible for when people come short? Who is responsible for when people come short? Is it the devil? Is it the witches? Is it the circumstance that you are not living in? Is it God who is, unwi- or who is unable? Who is responsible when you and I come short of God's promises? When something that God said is potentially and legally ours, does not become actually, practically, and experientially ours, in the way and the degree so God says it can be. Who is responsible? The answer is very simple, don't look far. He for one says, let us. Those two words describe and define who is responsible for your coming short. Let us. Let us simply be you and me. Let us tell you where the problem is. The problem is not the unwillingness of God, the problem is not the inability God. The problem is that God cannot give me mercy then as far well as you suggest this proposal. The problem is that God could not take the children of Israel. The promise land in 21 days instead of 40 years. The problem was the children of Israel themselves let us. Before the scripture in Hebrews 4:1, Paul said in Hebrews 3:19, he said they could not enter in because of their unbelief. Not because of the giants in the land. If it had been the giants in the land, those giants would have kept that out of the If it had been because of the unwillingness or inability of God, there was no way they would have entered in even till today. But the scripture says, Let us, let us, fear, let a promise left for us of entering into rest. Any of us should seem to come Short of it. Who is responsible for your getting led and what you get? Who is behind your life that is not exciting? Who is stopping? Who has been hindering? Who is been cutting you off from God's best? Who is the person that has never allowed you to be able to take what is yours and enjoy the way God ordained? It is not the devil. Isaiah 59 19 He said, When enemies are coming like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall raise a standard against him. Luke 10, 19, he said, He has given you authority to on and scorpions and all the powers of the enemy and things shall by any means nothing shall by any means hurt you. Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon fashioned against you shall prosper. Everything that exalts itself against, the, against you, he said, with your own mouth you have to put them down because death and life are in the power of the tongue and then the loving and eat the fruit thereof. Let us. I like one translation. He said, let us have the proper fear of God. Lest the promise left for us. Which means, we are the ones sliding ourselves. We are the ones struggling, hindering, standing in the way of our joy. Someone said to me, I am not happy. Oh, let me tell you. No one can make you unhappy when you choose to. No one can make you unhappy when you enjoy the Lord. Philippians 4, he said, rejoice in the Lord again. And I say, rejoice. 4th of 5, 16, he said, rejoice evermore. Let us, let us. I like one translation here. It he says, we must therefore be very careful. We are the people. We are more careful. Most of the reason, the reason why we come is that we are not careful. Another one says, let us be on guard. The reason why we come short is we are not careful is because. We are not on God. God wanted to have all that He has promised. God wanted to have all that He has promised in food. God wanted to have all that He has promised in time. First Corinthians one. He said, All things are yours. God did not make that promise. Just to excite you, He made that promise so that you can have it. Psalm 84 verse 11, The Lord is a Son and the Shield, He will give grace and glory. No good thing will he with all from them that walk uprightly. Romans 8 32. He that strength them to begin his son, but gave him us. How will he together with him? Give him all things. God wants you to have all the things he has promised. He wants you to have them to food. More than that, he wanted to have them on time. John 1, 16, and of his fullness have already received grace for grace. He wanted to receive his fullness. The Word of God tells in Ephesians 1, 23, that the full Christ is the fullness of him. And Ephesians 3, says God wants us to be filled with the fullness of Christ. So he wants to have the things he has promised. But what danger we all face when we approach God? To take hold of he has promised, our major risk that we face is the risk of coming short. And many people are living with coming short. God wanted to have all that he has promised. He wanted to have it to fool. He wanted to have it to fool. And he wanted to have it on time. But when you look at scriptures, there were many, many, many people who shot. Until today, people are still coming short. There are people who came short last year, fruitfulness. There are people who came short three years ago of profiting. There are people who came short four years ago of divine enlargement. God promised us enlargement, but many people came short. God promised us prodding, many people came short. God promised us fruitfulness, many people came short. This year God is promising us again great beauty, what will become of you. Is it not time for you to win yourself from coming short? Let us fear, let us stand it all. let us be careful, let us be on guard lest a promise left off of entering into his rest. A promise left off, a promise given to us, a promise handed over to us, of coming into rest for us to seem to come short of it. Many people have been coming short. I'm gonna say something to you about coming short. But in the Bible, there were several people that came short. First person that came short was Adam. Adam. When God made Adam, He made Adam to live forever. He never made Adam to be a slave. He never made Adam to, to, to slave, to toil, in such a way that the land would not yield Adam its increase. He told Adam when he made him, he put him in the garden. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, 17, He said, dress it and keep it. He said, remember the tree that is he down, yes, slay, but of the fear of the knowledge of evil, good and evil, thou shalt not eat. For in the day that you eat, he said, you die. He warned him of the danger of coming short. Chapter 3 tells us that Adam did what he was not supposed to do, and clearly he came short. Go to Genesis chapter 3. And let me read to you what happened to show you that he actually came short. I want to read from... Verse, verse 22. You will see here God telling us, showing us that Adam came short. He came short. It's not the plan of God for Adam to come short. He gave him a promise. He gave him a palace. He gave him everything that he had at his disposal. But he came short. Many times it's not what God makes available to us, but the kind of people who are, that determine whether we're going to come short or experience all the best things that God offers us. Verse 22 And the Lord said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden. God drove the man out of the garden. It was never God's plan, but Adam came short. It's evident he came short. And the Lord sent him forth from the garden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man. And he placed a fist of the God of Eden, a word. sword, which turned way to keep the way of the sea. The man came short. Something came short. You can the entire life of something. From the book of Judges, chapter 14 to 16, he came short of the glory of God. He came short of the things that he would have walked in. He came short. Who will he blame? Delilah. Who will he blame? The Philistines. Who will he blame? But himself. Let all fear. The person that came short was Noah. In the days of Noah, there was nobody that Noah could find except Noah. In Genesis 6, 6 8, he said that Noah found in the sight of God. By the time you read chapter 9 to the end, Noah came short. Lord came short. The Bible is full of several characters that came short. Do you know that Moses came short? Do you know that Aaron came short? Do you know that as he approached God, to receive the promise of what God wanted them to have. They came short. But the original plan of God can be read in Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 23. If he brought them out, that he may bring them in, and he may give unto them what he vowed to their fathers. But did you know Moses did not enter into the promised land? Did you know Aaron did enter into the promised land? If you remember chapter 20 verse 12 to 14, you will discover Moses came short. Yes, when there is a promise of God, we need to be careful. When there is a promise of God, we need to guard ourselves. When there is a promise of God, we need to exercise, lest the promise made for us, of entering into it, we can come short. We fail to obtain. We can fail to reach. We can fail to acquire. We can fail to become. We can fail to partake. We can fail to experience. We can fail to see it in practical terms. God can call into ministry, but you could come short. You could short. Saul came short. In the Bible, the generation that left it came short. They were the people that Paul was thinking about here. They didn't enter. Out of the three million people left, only two of them entered. Two out of three million people. That is to let you know that God is not excited about numbers. I remember, man was telling me. He said, "They are coming here." I said, "Why?" He said, "If only the born again Christians are the only people that are going to go to heaven." He said, "How will God do that?" He said, "There is so many people that are destroyed. I said, "Yes, God has done it before. In the days of Noah, He saved only eight people in the whole. Eight people in the whole. In the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, He destroyed the town." He destroyed, a town of he destroyed a town that was more than 200,000 people. In the days of Nineveh, in the days of Noah, he was going to destroy Nineveh that had one hundred thousand people. It doesn't matter God. So let's be careful for them. It doesn't matter God. If God promised a million people something, and only people get it, as far as God is concerned, it's okay. He's not interested, in, in like some lecturers are, in passing the majority of students. I remember when I was in Guarapoli. I always say this to people. I say, from the beginning, when I begin to mark your scripts, my assumption is that you pass. It is you who not me, you have failed. I begin to mark with the assumption that you have scored 100%. But by what you represent to me, then I will tell you, you will tell me that what I believe about you is wrong. God is not interested in fictional majority. It's broad, is the way, and wide is the gate that leads to death straight is the gate and narrow is the way that he says He's not a people of majority, he is a democrat, he's a theocrat. The Bible has the people who came short, several people who came short. Several people who came short. Barnabas came short in ministry. Some people came short. The national Christians came short at a particular time. Solomon came short. <laughs> the wisest man that ever lived came short. All this time be God is, look, Solomon came short. He came short. Despite the fact that God dealt with him in a way that he had never dealt with anybody. In First Kings 3, 5, 2 Corinthians 1, he said, ask me what I shall give you. And Solomon asked God. And whatever Solomon asked God gave him, But he also did for him, exceed abundantly above all that he asked or thought God could do, Because God was pleased with Solomon, but he came short. He never lived to feel everything God wanted him to be, he never became something God had in mind for him. The promise that God had in mind, he never lived to experience it. Judas came short. The plan of God was that judas name was one of the names in the foundation of the new Jerusalem. If you read Revelation 22, you see that the New Jerusalem had twelve foundations. Look, we are the names of the apostles of the Lamb. 12 of them. And Judas' name was not there. He came short. If someone who walked with Jesus three and a half years, Someone who was sent by Jesus Christ to cast out devils, to heal the sick, someone who kept the treasury of the many Jesus came short. Let us hear. Satan also came short. Satan was one of the three archangels of God. There are three archangels that God had. Lucifer was one of them. He was the in charge of the heavenly choir, of the choir master of heaven. Choir masters come short. He was in charge of the choir, choir of heaven. More than that, he was in charge of the throne room. He was a person with the, He was beautiful and handsome. He walked up and down. He, he was like the night of God among the three archangels. The second archangel is Archangel Gabriel. The one who delivered the message, the birth of the Messiah. The one who delivered the birth of the message or the birth of the Messiah to Zechariah and and to Mary and to the Bishop were out there at night. The one brought about the Annunciation. Who said, I am an angel of God that stands in the presence of God. I have come to bring you good times. He didn't come short, still in action. And the third Archangel is Archangel Michael. He's one in charge of the heavenly army you find him in the book of Daniel. He's one in charge of the heavenly army. So you can see that if one out of three, three archangels came short, do you know that when Lucifer revolted in heaven, one third of the angels followed him, one third of the angels also came short. People before now have come short. People are, are coming short. But you and I, let us, let us be careful. of your God. Let's, Let's promise. Let us. Your future is tied to the promise of God. The nature of God is to say something will happen before it happens. And so he gives it to his people in form of promise. And when you and I receive the promise, and we approach God for a performance, one of the risks is that we may come short. I have seen some people that we got saved together years ago who have come short. I have seen some people that we started ministry together who come short. I see church members who are coming short daily. I see church members who ruin themselves by illogical and irresponsible decisions, and they come short of the glory of God. I see the answer of God on them. I see the favor of God upon them. I see the hand of God upon them. I see God's plan at as God revealed them to me, concerning them. But they come short. Coming short is a danger at any point in time. Of the tempers in Luke 17, from the proselytium, Jericho, men of them come. The plan of God was that all the time, we are going to be made whole. But what he did was about cleanse them. Some miracles come in stages. Some blessings come in stages. But when you are too much in a hurry, you come to That was why Gehazi came to Instead of getting the, 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 the mantle of Elisha, the double portion mantle, he got leprosy from Elisha. What a thing to get from a man of God. At times some people get blessed from a man of God. Why some people carry coffee from a man of God? They sit in the same place with the man of God. They sit in the same place with the man of God. But some of them get coffee, and some of them get blessed. Nothing is wrong with the man of God. It is who you are that determines what you get. So let us be careful. Let us be careful. The same Elisha that brought a cause on Gehazi was the same person who in death. Even his blood was nobody who was dead. Nine of them shot. Nine of them were cleansed. Only one of them was made whole. the difference between being cleansed and being made whole. When you are cleansed, it only means that all the holes, all the crevices, all the corners of your eyes that have been eaten are healed supernaturally. But when it is made whole, it means there is a replacement of the lost thumb, the lost toe, the lost corner of the eyes. You are made whole. Oh, Job 5.18 says the hand of the Lord make it whole. There is the God who makes whole. 4, says, 5, ten, he said, And I pray God that your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the of our Lord. Listen to me, I'm talking about partaking of the divine nature. What am I going to ask? To one extent or the other, various people come short. In the next few minutes, I want to say some things about short. Just some things quickly. Number one, many people come short with attending to don't know anybody who intends to cross, but they come short nonetheless. Good intent does not i from coming short. I don't want to come like so and so, but you still come short. You still cut. So many people come short without intending to. Secondly, many people come short without even knowing that they have cut. There are people who have come short and they don't even know. They don't even know. The Bible says, they know not, neither do they understand. Psalm 82 verse 5, they walk on in darkness. They don't even know. There are people who have come short, and they are not even aware they have come. As far as they are they are doing well. But they have come short as far as God is concerned. So they don't even know that they have come short. When someone came to Saul in first and started talking to him and said, Did you really destroy the Amalekites like an issue? He said, Yes, I did. Not knowing that compromise. Some people come short without even, some people come short without even intending to. Number. many people come short without knowing what to do to remedy. There are people here this morning who have been come short, but you don't just know what to do to remedy. Here in the house, you know in your heart that you are not getting what you should be getting from the promise of God. You know you are not where you have to do, be. be. You know you are not supposed, you, are, you, you know you are not you are supposed to be. You know you are not, you do not have what God wants to have, but you don't know how to remedy it. You don't know how to correct yourself. You don't know how to, to seek yourself. Paul said at the particular stage in his life, in Romans 7, 19 and 20, it's that which I want to do, I cannot do. It is that which I don't want to do, that I am do it. He if it, is so with me, it is because it dwells in me, controls me. There are people who are coming short, they know they are coming short, but they don't know what to do. They don't even know what to, how to go about it. How can I deliver myself? I know I'm not praying anymore, but I cannot stop myself. I know I'm not giving like I should give, but I am enslaved. Enslaved to money. I come tight, I worship money. It has become a God to me. I cannot send money on the earth. I cannot give without thinking that I'm becoming poorer by giving. They have come short, but they do not even they don't know how to remedy it. They don't know how to correct it themselves. It's like a slide. It's like they are going off, going out, they are decaying, but they can't stop it. And that I would like to say is this about coming short. Many people come short without needing to. You don't need to come short to get married. You don't need to come short to be a good businessman. You don't need to cut out to be a businessman. You don't need to allow money. To be the basis of which God beyond you you need to allow marriage to be a basis for rejecting God everything God stands for. what am I saying some people come short without eating those number five some people do come short some people cannot more than others a year in a week in a month some people come short more than others means the level to which we come short differ. The level to which we have short differ ministerially. The level to which we have come short differ. The level to which we have come short in our relationship with God differ. The sixteen. thing I would like to say is this. The reason why we come short are many and differ widely. The reason why Judas came is different from the reason why Noah came short. The reason why the children of Israel that left Egypt came short is different from the reason why Solomon came short. There are so many reasons. Smear can make you corrupt. The fear of man began the smear. Haste can make you come short. You may be in too much of a hurry. Just yes, that a man has seen his words, there is more for a fool than for him. Proverbs 29, 20. Proverbs nineteen, two. He said that a soul should be, that is not good. He that hasty with deceit said, Gehazi, Gehazi allowed greediness to make him come of the glory of God. Let's hear, lest the promise left for us of burning into his any of us as it were, should see him come short. And then the seventh thing I'll say about coming short is this. When people come short or regularly come short, the effect of it. Unmeasurably visible. The effect of coming short is visible. The effect of it is clear. You can see it in Solomon's life. You can see it in Noah's life. You can see it in Judas's life. You can see it in Adam's life. There is no way that we coming short and there will not be visible, telltale evidence that you are coming short. It's there for everyone to see. You may not know it, but it's visible enough to those who know exactly what they should God said this to me yesterday He said your life is a reflection Of the things you did right And of the things you did wrong Our life reflects Both our achievements and our mistakes You are where you are today Because of what you did right And the things you did wrong Your life is where it is today Because of the things that you did right And the things that you did wrong The places that you meant that he shouldn't have gone and the places he should go that he did not go. The effects and evidences of coming shots are there for us to see. That is Hebrews 4.2 says unto us what the word of God preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit. The Greek says the word preached did not bring advancement to them. It didn't bring progress. Did not benefit them. Those who are benefiting from the word preach are apparent. And those who are not are apparent. It's clear. Ladies and gentlemen. I will say to you today, and it's very important, and I want to listen to me in, in the next 30 minutes. I'll be through with this message. I have discovered that everyone here, this morning to ask yourself a question. One question. Have I become it short? It's yes. To what degree and what area have I coming short? But let me say this to you. One area where church members come short. One area where church members in Ramachap have been coming short. Is in the degree to which yearly word that God gives to us plays out in our lives. Every year God gives us a word. A prophetic word of his is a prophetic word of promise. Psalm 89 verse 34, My covenant will I not break, neither will I take from, neither my I take will I take from, but words that are proceeded out of my mouth. God watches over his word to perform it. But one thing is that as we approach every word, every as we approach God to become a partaker, a word that God has His many have been coming short. To what extent can last be described as fruitful for you? If you are still buried. I'm not saying this to make you uncomfortable, but I am saying for you to measure things. To what extent can you say last year was fruitful if you are still in debt? To what extent can you say last year was fruitful if there are no results, no academic results for you? To what extent can you say last year was fruitful if you are still borrowing money instead of lending donations? To what extent can you say the year before was profitable? To what extent? You see... The, the, the effects of coming short are visibly measurable. I mean, it's not you not get something, but did you get what God intended? said? Did you get what you should have gotten? Are you where you where should have been? Are you up to the thing that God intended for you to measure up to? Ladies and gentlemen, it's important for us to be candidly here with ourselves. The prophetic words of God are so strong and so powerful that I believe all you need to do is to wait on that word, reach for that word, believe that word, receive that word, confess that word, and walk in line and in hand with God for the outworking and the realization of that word in your life. In that single word is packaged all of the plan, the program, the project, and the heart desire of God for the year. But have you been coming short? Have you been coming short? And in what to what extent and in what area? Now listen to me carefully. One of the most important things to partake in of the divine nature is understanding. Many times God gives the word don't understand the word. The word that will profit is the word you understand. Isaiah chapter 3. He said, Therefore with joy shall we draw water out of the well of salvation, Proverbs sixteen twenty two. He said, "Understanding a wellspring of life to him that has it means understanding the promise of God. Understanding a word that God has given is the key to experiencing that promise." Understanding the dimensions, the implications, and the meaning of the word that God has given is the best way to explicit the blessing that is stayed in that word. You see, when you understand something, it's like when a seed enters to the ground. You can read this in the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 19, he said, Those that hear the word and do not understand it as the seeds that fell by the wayside. When you understand what God has given, inside your spirit, it is like taking the seed of the word into the ground. And watering it with the dew of heaven. And expecting it to begin to grow and begin to bring forth results. Understanding is important. First Corinthians fourteen twenty. He said, in man is spirit in understanding the man. 4, 5. He said, get wisdom, get understanding. Proverbs 4, 7. He said, Wisdom the therefore, get wisdom. He said, Without your getting, get understanding also. Proverbs 21, 16 said, A man that departs on the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Psalm 49:20. He said, Man that is in honor and does not understand he is like the beast of the field that perish. Understanding is important. Spiritual time. What are the dimensions? What, are the, what is the length, the breadth, the height and width of the word God has given? I always use generally to explain ordinary word in the newspaper. It is not become a prophetic word. The power is a prophetic word when it is embraced. Listen to this. In up the one verse, It said "Teach a wise man and it will increase the learning. He said, a man of understanding shall attend unto wise counsel. He said to understand a proverb and the interpretation. The word the wise and the dark saying. What is the personalized interpretation of Psalm 19? verse 17? Let and let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. And let the beauty it's not just great and beauty. It's good. God is getting beauty. But let and 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 let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. What is God said in that scripture? What is God trying to let you know? I will give you a few of my understanding in flying with that scripture. And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us. What is it, that prayer? address it. What is that prayer calling you to ask God? Where is that they are putting you when it comes to facing God? Where? What is that prayer saying is yours so that you are not come short. Prayer is on fruitfulness. Qualities of fruitfulness. Fruit, fruit, dimensions of fruitfulness. Fruitful fruit for the righteousness. But at the end of the day, when God came to check some of the trees they were barren. No fruit. No money as there have never been money. No job as there have never been jobs. No promotion as they have been promotion, no success, success, no, no increase as they've never been increased. But for some people, they moved, they saw results, they conquered, they advanced, they tremendous, exceedingly. They took some major giant steps forward. So, what are the dimensions involved? In scripture and let and let I like that word. and let. Who is not letting? <laughs> I believe that scripture to Hebrew phone. And let and let <laughs> us fear. Less trouble is left for us. And your voice will seem to come short. Who makes you come short? Mm-hmm. That's why I said, and let the beauty of the Lord. Don't let us just admire the beauty of the Lord. Let the beauty of the Lord be upon us. I want to share with you as many as I can of the dimensions of this prayer. He prayed that I and said, let the beauty of the, of the Lord be upon me. Let the beauty of the Lord your God be upon you. the, be- Lord, the beauty of the Lord God be upon us. What are we saying? Number one. The fourth dimension of this pray- prayer is this. This prayer is a call on God to beautify our lives with same kind of beauty that is the God already possessed. Let me say this. not say, I let a beauty of the Lord. He said, I let the beauty. What that's why he said is this. You see, you are saying, God, that beauty that is on you, I want to be a part of it. I want the beauty that is on you not to be yours as flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone, as your child. As your bless, as your weapon of God, as your ambassador, let that beauty that you have, let it also be upon me. Do you know God is beautiful? Apart from Zechariah 9:17, Isaiah 13, verse seventeen, He said, Your eye shall see the king in his beauty. As that in the Bible is called the beautiful. The beautiful one, Get the gates that lead to where God is, is Jesus. He is the beautiful. One. He said, "Your eyes have seen the King in His beauty." Have you know something? If you are looking at the King in His beauty, Second Corinthians three says, "We all, with open faces, behold in us in the mirror, the glory of the Lord." We are changed from one level of glory to another glory as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when you are saying let the beauty of the Lord God be seen upon us. You are saying, Let the beauty that God possesses, let the beauty that is in God, let the beauty that is upon God be the same kind of beauty that will be upon me. So that he in me will know they have seen the Father. Psalm 37 verse 4. Look at what it says. He said one thing, have I deserved the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may do the, of the Lord all the days of my life. To do what? To behold the beauty of God. Why? Because for as, as you are looking at the beauty of God, it will reflect. God says, listen to me. What we are praying this year is that the same beauty that is on God, that makes all people fall apart, the same beauty that is on God, that makes Doctor such a good person, let that same beauty be on me. That is the false dimension let the beauty of the lord our god be upon us what makes if anybody see me what i want them to see is the beauty the same beauty not something like it not something that looks like a smells like it but exact the same nature. i want to reflect the heritage my father possesses. be therefore perfect as your heavenly father is perfect a disciple cannot get to understand. He that shall be perfect, let him be like his master. Ephesians 5.1 Be ye imitators of God as your children. So when you are saying, let the beauty of the Lord. You are not asking for the kind of beauty that is supposed to be. You are not asking. You are asking for the exact beauty, the one that is in the Lord. That is the fourth dimension. Second step. Second dimension of this prayer. Where you say, and let the beauty of the Lord as God be upon us. The second dimension of this prayer is that you are calling on God to beautify your life in all areas and on all forms. Without any contradiction, you areas of our lives. Physical life, financial life, outer life, emotional life, spiritual life. Our lives have various areas and various fronts. When you are saying, let the beauty of the Lord my God be upon me, you are saying, I am to beautify every area of my life. In Deuteronomy 28, I don't know whether you have read it before. It tells us about various areas of our lives. It says, blessed shall be in the fruit of your body, in the fruit of your cattle. Blessed be in the city and in the field. Bless shall that be, when thou comest in. Bless shall that be, when thou goest out. Bless shall be your tongue. Bless shall be your basket. Now those are eight of my lives. So when you are saying, let beauty of the Lord my God be on me. What you are saying is, I want the beauty of God to cover all areas of life. It is not just going to be a spiritual beauty. I don't just want to be beautiful spiritually. I want to be beautiful financially. I want to be delivered from death. I want to make progress in my life. I want to increase an abound in ministry. I want to get to the place you have got for. What you are saying is, Let the beauty of the Lord God cover every area of my life. Let it cover me in the city. cover me in the field. Let it cover me in my stock. Let it cover me in my basket. Let it cover me ritually. Let it cover me physically. Let it cover me emotionally. I want beautiful... Nature. I want beautiful spiritual... Conditioning. I want to be beautiful physically. I want a renewal of my youth. I want me. I want God to renew my youth as he does. I want beauty in every area and all fronts. Not just the beauty of God. I want it to cover me in every area. Do you know that the beauty of God covers every area of life? His is are beautiful. His throne is beautiful. His works are beautiful. His thoughts are beautiful. His intentions are beautiful. His, his, his works are beautiful. That is the second dimension. We are out of beauty in every area of our lives. That's the second dimension. The third dimension. The third dimension is prayer. When you call upon God and say, and let the Lord our God be for me," what you are doing is that you are making a prayer to God and calling on God to beautify your life in such a way and to such a degree that it will be noticeable and inviting to everyone. When you're in your prayer, you're asking for beauty that cannot be resisted. Let me you, There is nobody who will pass through this place who will pretend that this do does not you. You come to a point in your life when people can no longer overlook you. That is beauty by excellence. That is beauty that commands attention. Look, when Christ was here, the Bible said everybody, even children, Mark chapter 10, you read from verse 13 to 16. Children became Pharisees, Sadducees, Scratch, Herodias. The Bible says in Mark chapter 8, he said, The whole city came out to come and see him. of Platy to see him. That's the beauty. Beauty that cannot but be noticed. Beauty that is memorizingly captivating. Beauty that captures attention. Beauty that cannot be disparaged like this. I was told of two people, they were discussing. And one of them said, in the church that was built by Ramachand said, Yes. He said, oh, why did they build that kind of church? Why did they build that? Have they filled it yet? One said, want to What Building an old road that has gone here. My dad walked back and said, Hey, Why don't there are only two people inside this place? You get to a point where you are so beautiful, they will come to you from everywhere. They will take care of you. It is not something man can do is by afrosin, or those extensions, or long claw-like nails, or shoe that you can hard walk in, or skirts that above the car. you find it difficult to sit in a decent way. That's not what we are talking about. Not tying your door, coloring your face, or putting your trousers around your waist, and walking with a big shoe. That's not what we are talking about. The beauty of the Lord that makes people never to pass by you without noticing you. Beauty that can be resisted. Hey, I know something about beauty. People think that beauty is a human phenomenon. Beauty is divine. It's a divine nature. That is why in the Bible, for men, we are described as beautiful. Do you know what we're as beautiful? In the book of Genesis 39.6, the, the word was used, goodly. It means beautiful. Do you think it was described as beautiful? 1 16: 16.12. In fact, the Bible said, he was beautiful. Do you know that Absalom was described as beautiful? In 2 Samuel 14.25, Absalom was described as beautiful. Do you know Moses, who stomach was described as beautiful? Exodus 2.2. Moses was described as he was described as goodly, fear to look upon. That is beauty. So when we are saying, let the beauty of the Lord our God be seen upon us, that's talking about the kind of beauty that commands a universal appeal. Ah! God divides Solomon. Can I show you this? Open to first Kings 10. Whatever nation you are from. You respect for his beauty. 1 Kings chapter 10, 10. I read from verse 24. Just that verse alone to see the beauty of God. 1 Kings ten, twenty five. He said And all the earth sought to Solomon to hear his wish, which God had put in his heart. This is beauty that attracted all the earth. Jesus said in John 12:32, "And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men." These are the dimensions of beauty. When Mary was admitted by the Holy Ghost, she said to me in Luke 1, he said, All generations shall call blessed. God beat her. Malachi chapter 3, verse 12 says, Those who get tight, he said, All nations shall call you blessed because he is a delightsome land, we are saying and let the beauty of the lord my god be upon me what you are saying is beauty that cannot be resisted beauty that is so complete and so total beauty that is absolute beauty of the pure mode beauty of the best god but beauty of the greatest dimension if you see a beautiful car, even if you don't look at cars, you look at it. The phone I saw first a car talking. He said, This car is getting off. Move out of the way. This car is backing off. They say car is turning right. This car is close to the next car. Put on your brake. I said, huh? I have to begin to look at the car properly. If you see talking, what will you do? This car is close to the next car. Stop. The traffic light is red. Censor. I'm talking about. The traffic light is red. Stop. Slow down. You are going beyond the The car is talking to a human being. You have crossed the speed limit. Stop. Slow down. This car is taking at the wrong junction. Stop. A light that is intelligent. That is beautiful, that also. Oh, so this is me. And let the beauty of the Lord my God be upon me. But the fourth dimension, oh, my time is off here. The fourth dimension of this prayer is that you are calling on God. When you say, let the Lord my God, you are calling on God to beautify your life in such a degree that you will be used before as an example by people who want God to bless him. There is a phrase in scripture. You find it in Genesis twelve two, Zechariah 8-13. Ezekiel 34-26. It says, And thou shalt be a blessing. When many people read that scripture, what they think it means is that to give people some money. But among Hebrews, you know what it means? And that shall be what it means. From the Hebrew, the original meaning of that, and that shall be a blessing. What it means is this. It means, anybody, it means God will so much blessing that if anybody goes to God, or ask God for blessing, when they do not know what they can compare, what they like to, they will say, bless me the way you bless George. In that way, you are a blessing. How many of you want that kind of victory in your life? So that people will use you as an example before of the kind of blessing they want. They will use marriage. Mm-hmm. They will use your anointing. They will use your shape. They will use your form. They will use happening to you. They will the kind of car they you ride. Like, the kind of house they see you go. The kind of testimony they will say. God bless me. Bless me. And in case you don't know how it, all I want just bless me. The way you bless George, that is what it means. And thou shall be a blessing. Lift up your hand and said, and let the beauty of the Lord my God be upon them to such a degree, to such an extent that when people want to bless them, they will use my beauty as description. A woman came to me and said, I want to have a I said, have you had a baby say about the boy? But I want a girl. I said, girl, yes, yes, I say, oh, I said, give that girl again, oh. Monibre, oh, be. I And to myself. beauty. How do you use somebody else's beauty as an example of what you want? Lift up your hand and say, Alex. 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 The beauty of the Lord. My God, be upon me. When we walk up to you and say, "When I grow up, I want to be like you. When I when I get married, this is the kind of marriage I want." Nonsense. we all make sure. Bilesegeya, we all make not. Yes, nonsense. we all that's the say, I This is backside that, that is not beauty. Look at the number. Say, that is not beauty. Say, that is not beauty. So, to answer? Let me see. going to Oh, to get to answer? Look at Alex! Alex! the beauty of the Lord. My God. Be upon me. Let me give you one more if I can. When well, you are saying I let the beauty of the Lord might be upon him," You know what you are saying? What you are saying is this. You are calling on God to beautify you with beauty. Which is permanent. Let me say this to you. Beauty in the natural is temporary. Beauty is transient, beauty is brief and it fleets away, but it's only the beauty of God that is permanent. The beauty of God upon Sarah, when she was seventy-five years old, Abraham was still afraid to let people know that she was the wife, she was his wife. At seventy-five, if people can still struggle over to collect it from your husband, then you are beautiful. That is beauty. Most beauty are temporal. In sacral, what to In What you need to ask for is the beauty of God. Something permanent, something established, something real, something full, something inside, something outside. Something that old the age. age, the Bible says Psalm 92, verse 14. In an old age, you will see the fat and flourish. God is called the agent of day. Is he less beautiful? That's the kind of beauty I want. I don't, don't want the beauty of my ministry when young. I'm old and infirm. When I'm old and I can hardly do many of the things I'm doing now, let the beauty of the Lord my God still be upon me. This hall is beautiful now, but you know the beauty of Amsterdam is not permanent. Beauty is transcend. Natural beauty is that's why Proverbs 1 30 says, "Favour is deceitful, beauty, speaker, natural beauty is vain." The woman that the Lord. To be praised. That's the kind of beauty we have to have define. The kind of beauty that 10 years from now, when that beauty is married, marriage, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, it is still honey, and sugar, darling, the only mosquito in my nest, the only somebody that puts my house, not the kind of beauty of you now. I love you to death. I love you so much. I cannot sleep. You are not my top. i to put it Hey, I said, I let the beauty, I let the beauty of the Lord my God, lift to be upon me in permanent. Let the beauty of God be upon my shot, Let it be upon my life. Let it be upon my finances. Let it be upon my coming Let it be upon your going up, Let it be upon your labor. Let it be upon your rising. Let it be upon you when you are young. Let it be upon you when you are an employee. Let it be upon you when you are a player. Let it be upon you in school. Let it be upon you in the car. Let it be upon you in the city. Let it be upon you wherever. I let the beauty of the Lord our God. This kind of beauty I'm talking about. Is the beauty that covers your inadequacies. Beauty that covers your images. All this was said to be beautiful, but it was stammering. If some of you look at the star and say, ah, I will wear that. And God said, He was beautiful. From today, nobody will see your shortcomings. The beauty of God over you, they will not see your infirmities, they will search see your weaknesses. They will not see where you are down, they will not see your nakedness, they will not see your defeat. The <laughs> future of God will cover you, the future of God will you. the future will embed you. When we are saying I love the beauty, when God's beauty a person, you will never see flaws. Not because they do not exist, but the beauty of God is upon us. And so everything people see the beauty first, they don't be ugliness. Even if the beauty is hanging around. Like the hanging valley of Lebanon, they wow, she is fearfully and wonderfully. My God, only the kind of knife, Look at your neighbor, said, the beauty of the Lord your God upon you will cover your weaknesses, we cover your inability, we cover everywhere, will cover every shortcoming, we cover every area, no one will see it, no one will notice it, no one will notice it. When I get to the airport, I say, "Let the beach of God cover me." No matter what I carry my him, they don't check it. I'm not saying I carry dangerous items. So notice that here, that oh, if my bag is overweight, just don't worry, can you can go. When the jail- God is upon you, and someone stops you at your- I say, oh, uh-huh. uh, go like they know you before. That beauty is coming upon you It's coming upon you physically. It's coming upon you spiritually It's coming upon your finance It's coming upon you when you come in It's coming upon you when you go up You don't like that beauty in your relationship You don't like that beauty in the people you see You don't like that beauty AND LET THE BEAUTY OF THE LORD BY GOD BE! Are you getting some understanding? Is it entering into your heart? Do you not know what it means? do not you know what to expect do you not know that if you don't know these things you will not activate your faith to receive them let us be careful, careful. let us be honest let the promise left for us of entering into his beauty gravity anybody should seem to come short of it but who will not come short this year who will not fail this year the beauty of god will be upon the choir it will be upon the un- counselors. It will be upon the assessors. It will be upon our women. It will be upon our men. It will be upon us. It will be upon our girls. It will be, be upon our sisters. It will be upon our bachelors. It will be upon our church. It will be upon our fathers. Ah! Let the beauty of the Lord stand on your feet, brethren, and bless Him. Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! Come on! I have risen to rejoice. Lift up your hands and begin to ask you, say, let the beauty, the beauty, let the beauty, let the beauty, let the beauty, let the let the beauty, come on, open that mouth, Professor. Open thy mouth, declare, decree. Come on, come on, come on. And let the beauty, and let the beauty, and let the beauty, and let the beauty, and let, and let, let the beauty, let the beauty, let the beauty, let the beauty, let the beauty of the Lord go.